This week's parsha is Parsha's Lech Lecha, and Parsha's Lech Lecha starts with chapter 12, pasuk number 1. Vayoymer Hashem el Avram, Hashem tells Avram, Lech Lecha, go into you, and we'll understand why is written the word Lecha to you. The Torah could have just said, Lech Me'artzecha, go from your land, in for your birthplace, and etc. Why does the Torah have to say the word Lech Lecha, go into you. Rashi explains that lecha means to you, for your benefit, and for your own good. Rashi says that here you're not going to have children and you are not going to be known. But if you live here, then you'll have children and your name is going to be known all over the world. This Mahmoyshe points out the inconsistency in Rashi's translation, the word lecha. Here Rashi translates the word lech lecha, going to you, meaning go to your benefit. Meaning Hashem is telling Avram Avinu to leave his land, that this is going to be to his benefit. Lecha, meaning la'anaoscha, for your benefit, la'tevascha, for your good. And yet in Parsha Shlach, which is chapter 13 of Bamidbar, Pasuk number 2, it says shlach lecha anoshim sent into you people, Rashi says, what does it mean, lecha? What does it mean to you? Ledatcha, according to your will. Meaning, I'm not commanding you to send the spies. If you want to send, send. But you should know it's not going to be good for you to send spies because they are going to make mistakes. Here Rashi says, lecha means, for your benefit. And there Rashi says, lecha means, ledatcha, for your will. The Ismach Moshe explains that every time it says lecha to you, it means really ledatcha according to your will. Meaning that if Hashem tells directly a person to do something, it's impossible for the person not to do it. How can a person go against the will of Hashem? If Hashem tells you required to do it, obviously the person is going to do it. Therefore, every time Hashem tells somebody to do something and He wants the person to exercise His free will either to do or not to do, then He says, Lecha ledatcha, according to your will, meaning that I still give you a free choice to follow me or not to follow me. Because if Hashem would not give the word Lecha to you, means according to your will, then there wouldn't be any test. If Hashem commands you to do something, obviously you are going to do it. Therefore, Hashem always puts the word lecha according to your will, meaning that I am not commanding you. I prefer if you go, and if you go, you're going to get these rewards. This is Mahmoisha answers a question that this, that Hashem is telling Avram Avinu, that if he leaves the land of his father, Hashem promises him that he'll bless him if what is written in the next Pasuk. Pasuk number 2 says, I will make you a big nation. And I will bless you. And Rashi says, what does it mean? I will bless you. Rashi answers, I will bless you with money. Which means that you are going to get pleasures of this world. And we know as a rule, the Gemara in Kedushin, the Flamet Tess, Omed Beis, brings down the name of Rabbi Yaakov, 
that schar mitzvah behai al maleke that Hashem does not give rewards for mitzvahs in this world. This pasuk of lech lecha, go and I'll give you the reward, seems to directly contradict this idea brought from Rabbi Yaakov that Hashem does not give reward for mitzvahs in this world. We see clearly that Hashem told Avram Avinu that if he goes, Hashem will bless him with money. Even though we seemingly have plenty of contradictions in the Torah, for example, the Torah tells you, if you're going to listen to the word of Hashem, Hashem will give you the grass in its proper time, and you are going to have the rain in its proper time, and you are going to have food. And also in the beginning of Parshas Bechukhoisai, for example, Hashem says that if you follow Hashem's decree, then Hashem will give its rain its proper time, and the land will give its produce, and the trees are going to give its fruit. So we see clearly that Hashem seemingly gives reward for mitzvahs in this world. Nonetheless, the Rambam explains that all these things that Hashem tells you that He's going to give you is only in order for you to be able to perform the mitzvahs. For example, you cannot have a mezuzah unless you have a house. Since you have a house, you have to put a mezuzah. And so other mitzvahs, Hashem has to give you the conditions for you to be able to perform those mitzvahs. But here, seemingly, Avram Avinu was only told to go. He had no other mitzvahs yet to keep. And yet Hashem tells them that he is going to reward them with money. Then the question is that seemingly this seems to contradict this idea that schar mitzvah Bahai al-Maleke, that Hashem doesn't give reward for mitzvahs in this world. In truth, according to the Marsha in Masechtas Kedushin, which answers the contradiction of schar mitzvah Bahai al-Maleke, that Hashem does not give reward for mitzvahs in this world, with the passages that we mentioned that seems to be rewards in this world by saying that the rewards that Hashem gives in this world is only for the general community, meaning that if the general community perform mitzvahs, then Hashem will give you the rewards in this world. But Rabbi Yaakov's principle that schar mitzvah by al maleket that Hashem doesn't give rewards for mitzvahs in this world applies only to the individual level, meaning that a person doing an individual mitzvah cannot expect Hashem to give the rewards in this world. We could answer that since Avram Avinu is the father of our nation, there was no other Jews around at that point. There was no community around that Hashem should give the reward to, then Hashem giving the reward to Avram Avinu is considered as a general community mitzvah. Because since he's the only one the community now that is keeping the mitzvahs, and Hashem gives the rewards in this world for mitzvahs done by the community in general, then we could say that Avram Avinu keeping Hashem's word by Lech Lecha, automatically he deserves the rewards that Hashem gives. But according to what we just said from the Ismach Moshe, that Lecha means Ledatcha means that Hashem wasn't telling Avram directly to leave his house. He was just suggesting and telling Avram, please leave your house according to your will. Then we could say that 
it is fitting that Avram Avinu should get the reward, meaning that the Ismach Moshe himself brings in the name of Meforshim that when do I say Schar Mitzvah when do I say that Hashem doesn't give reward for mitzvahs? Only mitzvahs that we are required to do. If Hashem tells me to do something and I follow what Hashem tells me, then I don't get reward for the mitzvah in this world. I get reward for this mitzvah in the world to come. But things that a person does voluntarily, that a person does on his own, more than he's required to do, meaning that Hashem didn't tell him explicitly to do, and he decides to do by himself, in that case, Hashem gives the reward for mitzvahs in this world. Therefore, the Satmer Rebbe in Divra Yoyal says, could be that Hashem explicitly told Avram Avinu, Lech Lecha, go to you, meaning I'm giving you advice to go, but not that I command you to go, because Hashem wanted to give Avraham rewards in this world, and rewards in this world could only come if you do the extra that Hashem did not command you to do, but you know that Hashem is pleased if you do it. Those things that you do extra, you get reward in this world. It is interesting to know that what the Ismach Moshe says, that here it means according to your will, meaning that the Ismach Moshe wants to make what is written consistent to what is written here, there are Mephorshim that say quite opposite, that they say what is written here by Rashi, go to you, meaning for your benefit, for your good, they say the same thing by Parsha Shlach, that Shlach send to you means for your benefit and for your good. Meaning that since it was previously decreed in the end of Parshish Shmos on chapter 6, Pasuk number 1, where it says, Ato Sire, you will see now, Asher Faroi, what I will do to Faroi. Meaning that Moshe Rabbeinu, after he saw that after he came to Pharaoh, Paroi subjugated the Jewish people harsher and he went to complain to Hashem, Lomo hare oiso, Lomo why did you do evil to these people? Lomo shalachtoni, why did you send me? Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu at that point that ato sire, now you will see what I will do to Faroi. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Davkof Yud Aleph, Omed Aleph, and Rashi on that pasuk says that you will see what Hashem will do to Faroi but you won't see what Hashem will do to the seven nations when they'll come into Eretz Israel. Meaning that Hashem was upset at Moshe Rabbeinu for saying that Hashem is doing evil to the people, and Hashem punished Moshe Rabbeinu that he will see the salvation now, but since he doubted Hashem, he won't see the salvation that is going to happen when the Jewish people go into Eretz Israel. We see that at this point it was already decreed that Moshe Rabbeinu won't go into Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, had the Jewish people gone into Eretz Yisrael right away, Moshe Rabbeinu would have to die right away. Therefore, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, Shlach Lecha, send into you, meaning that by you sending the spies, the benefit will be to you. Because since I know 
that the spies are going to sin. I know that because of what they did, there will be 40 years in the desert. If there are 40 years in the desert, then you do not have to die right away. You just can't go into Eretz Israel, but you could stay in the desert and lead the Jewish people. Shlach, if you send the spies, will eventually be Lechot. The benefit will be to you. And true that Shlach send Lecha, Ledatcha, according to your will. I am not telling you to send the spies to spy at Israel, but you should also know that if you send the spies, will also be to your benefit that you will end up living longer and you won't have to die. Then according to this, it is consistent, this Shlach Lecha with Lech Lecha, that both mean Ledatcha, according to your will, and also both mean that it's going to eventually be to your benefit that you are going to get a longer life. Regarding the interpretation of Lech Lecha, there is another interpretation brought down by the Madrash Rabbah, Parsha Lamates Simen Zion. There the Madrash says, Maxiv Lemalo what is written right previously to this Parsha's Lech Lecha, the last posuk on Parshas Noach, which is chapter 11, Pasuk number 32, it says, The days of Terach were, five years, and Mosaim Shonim, 200 years, Vayomos Terach Bechoron, and Terach died in Choron. Seemingly, Terach died, and then Hashem tells Avram Avinu, Lech Lecha, go to you. Omar Avitzchak, Ravitzchak says, If you're going to figure out the counting until now, we're still missing 65 years. Meaning that if you take a look on chapter 11, Pasuk number 26, there it says, Terach was 70 years old, and he gave birth to Avram. Comes out that Terach was 70 years when he gave birth to Avram. And the Medrash is assuming that Avram Avinu left Urkazdim at the age of 70. Then we have 70 years that Terach lived until Avram is born. And we have 70 years of Avram that makes it 140. And it's written that Terach died at the age of 205. That means that he's still missing 65 years. The Medesh continues, Elo betchilo ato doirish, in the beginning you could already say that harashoim kruim meisim bechayim, that the reshoim are called dead while they are alive. Meaning that even though they're going to live another 65 years, but since they are evil people, Hashem views evil people as they would have been dead. Why? So the Medesh says, Lefishoy Avram Avinu mefachet voimer, Avram Avinu was afraid and saying, Eitzei, I will live and I will cause a desecration of Hashem's name. People are going to say, look, if you follow Hashem, look how you behave towards your parents. People are going to say, that Avram Avinu abandoned his father in his old age and went away to Eretz Israel. Hashem tells Avram Avinu, to you, I give an exemption from the mitzvah of kibbut avaem, of honoring your father and mother. 
but I am not exempting anybody else from honoring his father and mother. Meaning that Avram Avinu could live because Hashem tells him that he is exempt from honoring his father and mother, but another person in this situation is obligated to honor his father and mother and is not allowed to leave and abandon his father in his old age. And not only that, Hashem tells Avram Avinu that he is going to record first the death of Terach before Avram Avinu leaves the place of Terach. Meaning that anybody that will read the Torah will not realize that Avram Avinu left his father Terach alone in his old age and people will first read about the death of Terach, and then they will see that Avram Avinu left Choram. According to this Midrash, when it says Lech Lecha, means go, but only to you. Only you are allowed to go out, meaning only you are exempt from Kibbut Avaem, from honoring your father and mother, but other people are required to keep the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaem. I quoted this Midrash because this Midrash is very exact, and the language of this Medrash answers a couple questions that we are going to make on this Medrash. This Medrash says that Terach was a Rasha, but yet Rashi on Bereshis Tezvav, Pasuk Tezvav, regarding the promise on Brisbane Absorim, the covenant between the parts, there the Pasuk says, You'll come to your ancestors in peace. Rashi is bothered. What do you mean you're going to come to your ancestors in peace? His father Terach is doing idolatry and Hashem is telling Avram Avinu that he is going to go with his father in peace. Rashi says, He teaches you that Terach did tshuva, that Terach repented. The question is, if Terach repented, then how can you call him Harosha? The Maharal in Guraria asks this question, and the Maharal gives an interesting answer, and he says that even though Terach repented, but his repentance was not accepted completely, his atonement came only through his death, therefore while he is alive, he is still called Harosha. Only after he died, then his sins were atoned. Therefore, when it's saying that you're going to go to your ancestors in peace, means since Terach at that point had died and his death served as a kapora, served as atonement, now Avram Avinu is going to join Terach in peace, which is tshuva plus misa plus death atoned for him. But tshuva itself did not atone for Terach. And then the Maharal brings the Ramban, which the Ramban claims that Terach did tshuva at his old age, meaning that when Avram Avinu left Terach, Terach was a Rosha, eventually he did tshuva. When Avram Avinu will die, then he'll go to his ancestors in peace. But until that time, Terach was a Rosha, meaning that when Hashem said Lech Lecha, Terach was a Rosha. Meforshim asked another question because it seems to imply that even though Terach was a Rosha, regular sons, not Avram Avinu, 
would still be required to honor their father. Because the Medrash says, Hashem told them, You are exempt from kibbut avahem, from honoring your father in mother. And not exempting anybody else from honoring your father and mother. Meaning that only Avram Avinu was exempt from the mitzvah of kibbut avahem, but another person in this situation is obligated in mitzvah of kibbut avahem. Before Shem asks, that contradicts directly what the Lacha says, because in your day, as Simon Reish Mem, Sif Ches, there it says that if the father is a Rosha, the son is not Mechuyev, in Kibbutavayim, is not obligated to honor his father and mother. Then what does it mean that only you are exempt, but anybody else would be Chayev, obligated in Kibbutavayim? It's not true. If your father is a Rosha, evil, then nobody is required to do kibbut av vaem. Just a side note that the Chazanish says that nowadays there is not such a thing as a Russia, meaning that nobody qualifies for the legal term of Russia of evildoer. Even though normally if somebody openly desecrates Shabbos is called a Russia, but nowadays we do not call them Roshas anymore. The Chazanish reasoning is that since a person could be only called a Rosha, he could only be called evil after he transgresses something and he has been rebuked for it and he decides to do it again, meaning that even after rebuke, he still will persist in doing his evil things. For example, if he transgresses Shabbos and he has been rebuked regarding Shabbos and he transgresses again, then he would be called a Rosha. He'll be called an evildoer. But since the Gemara says that nowadays nobody knows how to proper rebuke somebody, meaning that even though you tell a person that he is transgressing Shabbos, but since our capabilities on how to reach out for a person, how to make this person understand and how to properly explain to this person is limited. So much that the Gemara says that nowadays there is nobody who knows the art of rebuke properly, then comes out, even though you have rebuked somebody and you have taught him that he did wrong and he persists on doing it, we still view it as it would have been before rebuke because we assume that you didn't give him the proper rebuke and you didn't show him properly his mistakes. Therefore, since we consider it as it would have been before rebuke, then the person cannot be called a Rosha because a Rosha is only after rebuke. Therefore, since he can't be called a Rosha, then we don't have Roshas nowadays. We don't have evildoers nowadays. Therefore, you are required to properly honor your father and mother even though they transgress Shabbos, even though they don't eat kosher, because nowadays there isn't such a thing as a Rosha, as an evildoer. But nonetheless, at the time where they knew how to rebuke, if the person did not follow the rebuke, he was called a Rosha, he was called evil. And if somebody is evil, the son is not required to do kibbut avahem. Then the question is, what does the Madrash mean to say that other people will be liable 
for Kibbutz even though the father was a Russia, we know clearly that is not so. And the answer they give is that the language of the Madrash is very exact. The Madrash says that Avram Avinu was afraid that Hashem's name will be desecrated and they will say, he left his father, meaning he abandoned him in his old age. Why does it say old age? The answer is because as the Ramban mentions in Terach's old age, Terach did tshuva. At that point, technically, Avraham would be chayev in kibbutz Avraham would be chayev in honoring his father and mother because at the old age, Terach already did tshuva, already repented, and he was not a rosha anymore. He was not considered a evildoer anymore. Therefore, Hashem tells him, Lech, lecha, the going is only to you, meaning only you are exempt from kibbutz avaem. But any other person in this situation would be chayev in kibbutz avaem because since Terach did tshuva, he is not called Arosh anymore. If he is not Arosh, then everybody is liable in honoring his father and mother. But you, I'm exempting from honoring your father and mother. The Pardas Yosef brings Ayaros Dvash, Chelik Beis, Drosh Yudches, that brings Arambam in the fifth parik from Ilchoz Mamrim, Allah Yud Beis, that if the father is a Rosha, even though you're not liable if you hit him or curse him as you would a regular father, nonetheless you are required to honor him. And he brings the reason is that people will not know by looking at a person if the person is a tzaddik or a rasha, if the person is righteous or evil. Therefore, if your father is evil and you do not honor him, people will start to say that you did not honor your father, even though you are exempt because he is an evildoer. But nonetheless, since it cannot be distinguished by looking who is an evildoer, who is not an evildoer, you are required to honor him anyways in order not to cause a desecration of Hashem's name and because of Maris Ain, what people may look and see and think you are not performing something that you should. And the Pasuk in Parshas Matois, chapter 33, Pasuk number 22 says, Nekim, that you have to be clean from Hashem and from Israel, meaning that it's not enough that you are clean in the eyes of God, because God knows that this person is evil and you are not required to honor. You also have to be clean in the eyes of all of Israel, that anybody who sees you won't suspect you from transgressing the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaem, therefore, you are required to honor even though your father is a Russia in order to prevent people from saying bad things about you that you do not honor your father. Because of Maris Ain, because of appearance sake, you are required to honor him. And according to this, comes out very well that Avram Avinu wasn't worried if he's doing the right thing or the wrong thing. He knew he's doing the right thing by separating from his father because his father was a Russia, was an evildoer. But he was afraid of Hilul Hashem. He was afraid of desecration of Hashem's name. They will say, look at this 
religious Avram Avinu leaves and abandons his father in his old age because nobody will know and perceive that his father is a Rosh. Therefore, he was required to have Hashem's exemption by saying, Lecha, to you I exempt from the mitzvah of Kibbut Avahem, but somebody else I will not exempt from the mitzvah of Kibbut Avahem. Mefarshim bring an interesting idea, and they say that as soon as Hashem wrote down Bayamos Terach Bechoron, the Terach died in Choron, Hashem made it that everybody should forget Terach, that Terach is for all purposes dead, and people will not talk anymore about Avram Avinu leaving Terach, meaning that Hashem exempted Avram Avinu because Hashem made it that no Chilul Hashem will come out of this. In the same idea that the Satmer Rabbi explains that once you speak Lashon Hara, once you speak derogatory remarks about somebody, it is impossible to take it back. And they give the example of the pillow, meaning that you take feathers and put inside the pillow, then you go on top of a roof and you open up the pillow and the feathers start flying. It is impossible to get back all the feathers to put in the pillow. So too, when you speak derogatory remark about somebody, it's impossible for you to stop the chain event because your friend has a friend and that that you spoke, even though you repent on what you spoke, but nonetheless, what you said continues going on. Therefore, it is very hard to atone and forgive for the sin of Lashonara, for the sin of derogatory remarks. True, you may even ask forgiveness for the person of speaking derogatory remarks, but your remark is still continuing and you never know the repercussions that will come on the person you spoke those derogatory remarks. But the Satmar Rabbi says that there is a proof from the story of Yosef that if you do true tshuva, if you truly repent completely, if your heart, Hashem could make those remarks stop. Meaning that on chapter 40, Pasuk number 1, right after Yosef was falsely accused on the rape of Ashes Potiphar, the wife of Potiphar, the Pasuk says, and it happened after these things, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt, and the baker sinned to their masters. Rashi says that what does it mean after these things? Rashi explains that since Potiphar's wife caused Yosef's to be in the mouth of everybody, meaning that everybody started talking about Yosef. Potiphar's wife caused Yosef's reputation to become bad. Therefore, Hashem made the wine steward and the baker of Egypt being arrested. Like that, you have fresh news and you'll forget about the old news about Yosef and Eishas Potiphar. Meaning that Hashem could cause Lashon Hara to stop by bringing fresh news People won't remember anymore to talk about that person. They will talk about other events, other things that happened recently. Therefore, it's possible for you to atone for the sin of Lashon Hara because if you do true tshuva, true repentance, Hashem will cause people to have better things to talk and they'll forget to say the derogatory remarks that you passed on that is in your account. They will forget about it 
like that you'll be able to atone, which is the same idea that Terach really didn't die, but by Hashem causing people to forget about Terach is tantamount as you'd have died. Therefore, no Chilul Hashem, no desecration of Hashem's name came through Avram Avinu leaving Terach. The Mizrahi says that he doesn't understand this Midrash which is brought by Rashi. Because he doesn't understand regarding what time are we worried about. Meaning, what people are we worried are going to cause Achil Hashem a desecration of Hashem's name. If the Torah is worried about the period in which Avram Avinu lived, and Avram Avinu was worried that is going to cause a desecration of Hashem's name in his period, that people in his period are going to say that Avram Avinu left and abandoned his old father in order to go to unknown lands, what good is it that the Torah writes down first, Vayomos Terach Bechoron, that Terach died in Choron, at that point there was no Torah, the Torah is only going to be written later. If the Torah is written later, then nobody knows that Terach died in Choron. Terach is still alive. Then people, if they want, they will still speak bad about Avram Avinu and they'll still say that Avram Avinu abandoned his old father Terach. Then obviously it cannot be talking about that time. And if we are worried for after the time the Torah was given, and we are worried what people will say about Avram Avinu. Look what Avram Avinu did. Since the Torah writes down, Vayoymer Hashem el Avram, that Hashem speaks to Avram and he tells him, Lech lecho, go out of your father's land, then obviously everybody is going to see that Avram Avinu received this directive directly from Hashem then why is it necessary to precede this directive with Vayomos Terach Bechoron, that Terach died in Choron, out of its proper place, because its proper place is really after Sarai Menu dies, then it should be written, Vayomos Terach Bechoron, that Terach died in Choron. The question is, why can't the Torah write down this there? What will you think that Avram Avinu abandoned Terach? Sure, he abandoned Terach. Hashem clearly told him to abandon Terach. Then, what kind of Hillel Hashem, the secretion of Hashem's name, will come out by writing in its proper order that Terach is still alive and Hashem tells Avram Avinu to leave Terach? If Hashem told somebody to do something, he is required to do it anyways then what Chil Hashem is it? What a secretion of Hashem's name is it? Anybody who reads the Torah will see Vayoymer Hashem El Avram that Hashem speaks to Avram and tells him to leave. Then there's no desecration of Hashem's name. Then the question is regarding what period was the Torah afraid that is going to be a desecration of Hashem's name? Why is the Torah so particular in writing down Vayomas Terach Bechoron, that Terach died in Choron, why is it so important? Since it says that Hashem directly told Avram Lech Lecha that he should leave, then even if Terach is alive, 
he is required to leave. And the Mizrahi doesn't give an answer and he says he just doesn't understand. I wanted to answer that the audience that the Torah decided to write down by Yomos Terach B'Choron, that Terach died in Choron and only afterwards Lech Lecha going to you is the same audience that is reading the first Rashi on Bereshis. The first Rashi on Bereshis Baralukim all the way in chapter 1, Pasuk number 1, there's a famous Ravitzchok. Ravitzchok asks a question, since the Torah is basically a book of laws, why does the Torah have to start if the whole history of the world and the history of all the nations and the history of Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov, why couldn't the Torah just start with the first law given to the Jewish people which is in Shemos, chapter 12, Pasuk number 2, which is Achoydesh Azelochem, which is talking about our requirement to sanctify the new moon. Why does the Torah have to start with the whole narrative of creation if the whole idea is for us to know the laws? And Rav Yitzchok answers that the reason that Hashem starts with the story of creation is to make sure that the whole world knows that Hashem is the sovereign of the world. And he brings the Pasuk in Tilam, chapter 111, Pasuk number 6, where it says, Koyach Masov Higid La'amoy, he declared to his people the power of his work, losses Luam Nachlas Goim, in order to give them the heritage of the nations. Meaning that the whole story of creation was only in order to give us the inheritance of the nations. Meaning that the nations of the world accuse Israel of being bandits of seizing lands of the seven nations of Canaan that we went in and we conquered and illegally seized those lands. Therefore, once we have the book of Bereshis, Israel could respond that the entire universe belongs to Hashem. He created the universe and He granted it to whomever He wants. It was His desire to give the seven nations the land and it is His desire to take it from them and give it to us. Meaning, by us reading the history, we see that Hashem promised Abraham the land, and Hashem told Abraham that his grandchildren will inherit the land, even though the land was populated, meanwhile, by the seven nations that were in Israel, but eventually Hashem decided that we are more worthy than them, and Hashem gave us that land. The question that Mefarshim asks there is the same question that the Mizrahi asks here, meaning that the Torah is telling us about the story of creation in order for the nations of the world not to complain that we are thieves. The question is to which audience is the Torah speaking? If the Torah is speaking to the Jewish audience, to the Torah audience, then you don't have to start with the story of creation. The Torah audience sees clearly the Torah telling us that we get the land and we have no questions regarding Hashem's authorship of the Torah and we have no questions regarding the stories that is written here and we will get the land because Hashem told us to get the land. 
And if we are talking about the nations of the world, who says the nations of the world will read the Torah? Why does the Torah assume that the nations of the world will care what is written here? They will say that this book, the Torah, it's all lies. What good is it for the Torah to write down the story of creation and use that as proof that the land belongs to us the Goyim, the nations of the world, will deny the whole veracity of the Torah? And the answer is that Hashem did not write the whole story of creation for the benefit of the Goyim. Because, as we mentioned, the Goyim aren't going to read the Torah. And they're not going to believe to the Torah, and they're going to contest the Torah. Hashem wrote this whole story of Bereshis, the whole story of creation, the whole story of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, our patriarchs, the whole story of the Jews going down to Egypt, and the whole story of us going back and reacquiring the land for the Jew of our time. Unfortunately, nowadays we have Jews that believe that we actually stole this land from the Arabs, that this land, Eretz Israel, really belonged to the Arabs, and we misappropriate forcefully and because of this belief they constantly are giving back the land piece by piece until unfortunately we are not going to get any land if they believed that this land is really our land and we actually receive this land as an inheritance as a heritage from Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov and Hashem the creator of the world is the one that gave it to us they would never give it back. Therefore, because of these Jews, Hashem decided to write down the whole book of Bereshis to tell you that this land really was given to Abraham. He created this land. He gave them to the nations of the world. And he decided to take it back and promised it to Abraham. Therefore, now, when it comes to this land, this land is ours. We deserve this land. It is not stolen, it's our heritage. And nobody has the right to give away the national heritage of the Jews. The whole reason for you to have this book of Bereshis is to disprove what goes on, unfortunately, nowadays. I wanted to say that it is to the same Jew that the Torah is telling you the story that Terach died and Abraham was sent away. Because that Jew will also come and mock our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And he will say, how can you call Avraham your forefather? And how can you say that Avraham represents kindness? What kind of kindness is it to abandon your father in his old age? Because of that Jew, Hashem decided to write down, Vayomos Terach Bechoron, that Terach first died, and afterwards, Lech Lecha, Hashem told Abraham to go down to Israel. That that Jew should not mock our forefathers and should not say that we have no sensitivity, that we do not understand what honor is, how to respect your father and mother. To that Jew, the Torah first has to write down that Terach died and only afterwards Hashem decided to send Abraham to the land of Israel. And Hashem Isborach should help 
that we should do good deeds. We should emulate Avraham Avinu and increase our acts of kindness. And we should merit to have what is written in this week's Parsha. On chapter 13, Pasuk number 15, it says, The whole land that you see, I will give to you, and to your children, ad oilam, forever. And we should merit through our good deeds to hold on to this land. And through our good deeds, we should merit to have Moshiach come, the Beis Amikdash rebuild, Bimheiro Beyomeinu, Amen.